CIUT 89.5 Toronto. The views and opinions expressed on the following program are those of the producers and or the persons appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of CIUT FM. Hi, this is Daniel Garber the Movies for CIUT Critic Circle. Hi, this is Donna G from The More the Merrier. Hi, I'm Mark Tara, producer and host of Rainbow Country, and this is CIUT at TIFF 2022. Good evening, everyone. How are you? Good evening and welcome. It's the opening night. Tonight, we thank you. I am so humbled and so grateful to be here this evening. I'm extremely excited to be here. Thank you all for having me. Shit, there's a lot of y'all. Um, I'm very proud to be here tonight, and I'm so grateful that you joined us. Well, stop till you get enough. Hello, Toronto. Happy Halloween, Michael. Muchas <laughs> gracias. Toronto, the best of them all. I want to thank Toronto because you have always honored, celebrated, exalted female directors. The warmth and the love that you gave me is something I will never forget in my life. It's so exciting to be here at Toronto in this gorgeous theater. This is just like Christmas Day. Thanks to you for coming. This is truly a very special evening for me. This is why we do what we do, you know. I love this festival and it's an honor to be back. Behind me is what we call society, what we see in our everyday, and what we have on screen. Let's keep on doing movies about us. We're making pictures about what's happening today in society. Thank you, thank you for coming! Hi, I'm Mark Tara from Rainbow Country, and welcome to CIUT at TIFF 2022. Over the next few weeks, Daniel Garber, Donna G, and myself will be bringing you the sights, the sounds, and the films from TIFF 2022. This is actually the 47th annual Toronto International Film Festival, which started out as the Festival of Festivals back in 1976, actually October 1976, at the Windsor Arms Hotel. Who knew? Well, now you do. So, CIUT at TIFF 2022 will be featuring some exclusive interviews from filmmakers that are part of this year's festival and so much more. On this episode, episode one, we will be setting the stage, so to speak, as to what is coming up what films are on our radar that you just might be interested in, special events like Festival Street that happens on the first weekend of TIFF. Plus, later on in the show, I'll have a one-on-one with the newly minted, the newly elected, the newly crowned uh, CEO of TIFF, Mr. Cameron Bailey, and he's going to let us know what we can expect at the 47th annual Toronto International Film Festival. All that and more lies ahead. So, lights, camera, festival. 
I'm Mayor John Tory, and you're listening to CIUT 89.5 FM. I'm old enough to remember when they called it U of T Radio. You can hear Daniel Garber at the movies on CIUT's Critics Circle. You can also find him at culturalmining.com. He is film critic Daniel Garber. Daniel Garber, hello. Hi, Mark. Great to hear you again. I know it is, isn't it? (laughs) She is the producer and host of The More, The Merrier. She talks all things films, theater, and the arts. She is Donna G. Donna G. Bonjour. Comment ça va? <laughs> ça va très, très, très bien. Uh, je suis heureuse uh, d'être chez... No, I won't say any more in French. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, 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 I'm hearkening the spirit of 2020, our first uh, collective coverage of TIFF right here in CIUT. So I thought I would throw in some French. Donna G. (laughs) So, the Toronto International Film Festival is back in person after two years of being virtual. Let's start on a positive. Donna G, for yourself, what did you enjoy about the virtual aspect of TIFF over the course of 2020 and 2021? You know what I actually enjoyed? I enjoyed the fact that I could watch films back to back and not travel from theater to theater. So that allowed me to actually see more films than I would if I had been going in person. And Daniel Garber, for yourself, what did you enjoy about a virtual TIFF? Well, I was really glad to see TIFF struggling through the first year of COVID with lots of good movies to watch digitally. And then last year's hybrid festival that meant I could see a few films in the theaters themselves. It was an amazing to see things like the premiere of Dune in the Cinesphere with, in IMAX with Denis Villeneuve, things like that. But I got to say, I'm really looking forward to a real TIFF once again this year. So Daniel Garber, TIFF 2022, in regards to films, because you are a film critic, what's on your radar that you're interested in and you th- and also to what you think TIFF audiences might be interested in. What are some of the films that are on your radar? Well, there are a huge number of movies playing this year. Like every year, there's too much to watch. But one thing I'm really looking forward to is the sequel, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, directed by Ryan Johnson. I also can't wait to see Japanese director Koreeda Hirokazu's new film called Broker which I believe is shot with an all-Korean cast. The Wonder, directed by Chilean director Sebastian Lelio, who brought us a fantastic woman a few years back. And Triangle of Sadness from Swedish director Ruben Ostlund. He did Force Majeure, who I'm sure Donna G knows a lot about. I think it won the Palme d'Or at Cannes this year. Uh, Sarah Pauly's newest film, Women Talking. I don't know what it's about, but anything by Sarah Pauly I want to see. And finally, The Fablemans, Steven Spielberg's autobiographical film about his own childhood love of movies. It's having its world premiere at TIFF, and I think it'll be nothing like Spielberg's normal movie. So I'm curious to see what that one's all about. 
So, Daniel, I'm curious, how many films do you think you'll be seeing during the course of TIFF 2022? If it's like most years, I usually see around 50 or 60 feature films. 50 or 60? Yeah. And Donna, Somewhere between 50 and 60. And Donna G, how about yourself? Not 50 or 60. <laughs> <laughs> As many of our listeners know, um, we, most of us have day jobs. And normally for me, I would, that would be my vacation every year. Unfortunately for this year, I'm not able to get the full um, TIFF experience off as vacation. So I think I'm going to be limited to about 20, 20 to 25, maybe. Wow, that's still a lot. That's, that's still a lot. That's still a lot. <laughs> Is it? It's like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm usually 30 to 35 um, so, so with, Daniel, with, with vacation. So, Daniel, you've got an interview you wanted to share. Yes, this is Love from 2015 by that amazing, notorious, often imitated, never equaled French trailblazer blazer, Gaspar Noé. I was actually warned before this interview that he carries a knife and to watch out, he might stab me to death. But it turns out he's a real sweetheart. And Love is a sexually explicit drama shot in 3D. Here's my interview from back in 2015. Hi, this is Daniel Garber, the movies for culturalmining.com and CIUT 89.5 FM. Murphy is an American in Paris. On New Year's Day, he awakens from a sexual dream to find himself miserable and hungover. He is married to a woman, Omi, he barely knows and father of an accidental baby named Gaspar. He retreats to his one private space, an old VHS box. Inside are the only items that will connect him still to his one true love, raven-haired Electra, a stack of stereoscopic photos and a piece of opium. And after a desperate panicky call from Electra's mother, he lies back, takes the opium and retraces what happened to their love. Love is also the name of a new movie about sexual romance, passion, and loss, as seen through the eyes of Murphy, a young American filmmaker, and two French women, Electra, an artist, and a young woman named Omi. The film was made by the legendary Gaspard Noé, known for his mind-blowing movies, Enter the Void, Irreversible, and I Stand Alone. It's having its Canadian premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival, and I'm very pleased to have director Gaspar Noé to tell me more about it. Hey, Gaspar. No. Hey, that was the best hypnosis I oh. ever heard of my movie. Oh, thank you. I want a copy of it. Please do, please. <laughs> tell the story. We have Electra, Omi, Dark, Light, Yin, Yang, Aomi, Muyok, Clara, Kristen. Can you talk about these two loves of Murphy's? Um, initially, I didn't know at all what the two female characters would look like. Uh, I only knew that I wanted like a tall, strong, electric girl to play Electra, but she could have been white, black, whatever. Uh, I just had an, an idea of the energy I needed for, for her character. Uh, when it comes to uh, the young neighbor, I, w- I always wanted her to be younger, smaller, maybe even Asian. Uh, uh, in the first script, it, it was said that she was maybe Japanese. Oh, Omi. Or yeah. That's a Japanese name, yeah. Uh, 
uh, and at the end, I met Clara, like maybe three weeks before shooting, and I did some uh, video tests, and I thought she was great for the part, but she was not fragile like the character was in the initial very short script that I had uh, in in this story uh, at a point of the relationship uh, Murphy and um, Electra want to be playful in order to make their couple survive uh, and they do things that can be considered risky in general terms like having sex with a young female neighbor and uh, then in the story, he goes again on himself and accidentally breaks a condom and the neighbor gets pregnant. Uh, in the original script, the girl was a fragile girl who had some suicide attempts and he was afraid of asking her to have an abortion because that would get her depressed. But when I met Clara and I thought she would be very good to play the part, she has very strong energy. So I sh shifted her character. And she became a girl who was a pro-life girl because her mother almost had an abortion. <laughs> so I said, no, no, I don't want to do that thing because I owe my life to the fact that she, the, the, this didn't happen. So uh, uh, one thing is what you have in mind before you start the movie. And then when you meet the people that are going to look good on the movie, you rearrange the whole script according to their energy. Um, uh, 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 I didn't think also when I cast the movie that I would have such a tall actor. Like, uh, I like the energy of Carl. Uh, I loved working with him. But in my, to my uh, initially, I wanted someone who would look like Dustin Hoffman, huh. um, maybe less handsome, like the, 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 during the graduate. Yeah, like the, yeah, like yeah. That, that kind of guy. But uh, then when, when you meet people, you say, "No, the, the, this is by far the best choice I could have." To, uh, to achieve this movie and uh, at the end I'm extremely happy that I rewrote all those things in order to do the movie with both Carl, uh, Aomi and Clara. So you... And but uh, uh, well, well, also uh, uh, Aomi's hair is brown but when I, it was decided that Clara would play the neighbor and she's very blonde, she's yeah. Danish, uh, she's not French, she's Danish. Uh, I decided also that maybe uh, Aomi's hair should be a bit darker, so yeah, you have the brunette and the blonde. Okay. So we, say we, we dyed her hair to make it a bit darker. So when you come up with the idea of a vermouth, I, I mean, you watch something like uh, Irreversible and it's so strictly, because of the order it's in, that's a large part of the strength. But when you come up with a theme, you just come up with the idea and later yeah. uh, cut it up? Uh, no, yeah, there the, the, the was a... Uh, a short script for this movie which um, uh, contained all the scenes and I, I wanted to recreate as much as possible that complexity that is in your mind when you remember the past or, or when you remember your own past you cannot think of the situations in a chronological order they are in an emotional order so uh, they are not put backwards in a very mechanical way like the scenes were put in irreversible, uh, but they're put in a way that uh, he, he remembers different moments of the past, but you can still, uh, as a spectator, rearrange the, the scenes to understand how, in which order they happen. 
Okay, and I, but uh, yeah, that's one common point is that uh, at the very end of the movie, you see their very first encounter. So uh, you, you, he starts remembering his past by remembering remembering how he broke up with his right. ex-girlfriend. And at the very end of the movie, he's remembering the very beginning of the relationship and that is very delightful and they're making all these promises that they would not be able to keep right. because life unfortunately brings them to another situation that the one they expect. So Murphy says at some point he wants to make a movie with blood, sperm and tears but uh, this one is has the tears but it's light on the blood heavy on the sperm so is this a change in direction for you yeah there's not much blood in the movie no no there, no uh, I, I, it sounds good blood sperm and tears yeah Actually, like blood like sperm and tears it's a mix of a quote of Douglas Surf the German director of melodramas in Hollywood in the in the 50s 60s and of another quote by Winston Churchill, who said, "All I can promise to my country is uh, blood, sweat, and tears." Yeah. But yeah, so, but I, I said in previous interviews, when people were asking me why I didn't move like irreversible or intervoid, I was saying, uh, "Yeah, because to do a good melodrama, you need blood, sweat, and tears." And there are many things in 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 Murphy's character that are like a parody of me when I was younger. So, right. He even uses my clothes. Uh, we started shooting the movie <coughs> without deciding, so I would just because we decided to have a very tiny crew, uh, crew for the first week because we wanted to do all the new scenes and right. we wanted to, it to be very uh, intimate. Um, but in that case, I'll say, "Oh, what can I put? Uh, take my jacket, take my T-shirt," <laughs> and, yeah, and also his the the name of the character Murphy is my mother's family name so I remember as a kid that yep. I would say my name is Gaspar Murphy because I thought it sounded better than Gaspar Murphy huh. <laughs> now I know you have a Gaspar Gaspar Julio Noe Murphy yeah. and in the movie you have a baby you have a friend you have a gallerist and you have the main character yeah. so is this yourself chopped up and moved uh, around or is it like, just for fun it's like a, yeah, you're, uh, I'm just a trying trick. to do a puzzle that, that, that has no solution. Oh, okay. But, but, uh, and also, like, uh, the guy who steals uh, the main character's first girlfriend is called Yuyo, the, the shaman. Right. And that's the name of my father. And at a point, he cheats his, uh, Murphy cheats his girlfriend with a girl randomly in, in the toilet of a party. And her name is Paula, and that's my sister's name. So I know, I know you that have a Vincent <laughs> Castle. You have a castle, right? Yeah. Is that after Vincent Castle? Or? No. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, and you and you and you put a friend, a coworker of yours, the guy from Wild Bunch, plays yeah, the yeah, cop. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah my cinematographer plays the shaman, uh -huh. and my producer played the, the the dirty cop who who convinces the main character to go to a swingers club. And th so there are a lot of scenes in this movie that look like they're revisiting scenes from earlier movies, like uh, Irreversible. So there's the square tunnel which is a horrible rape scene and the original this time is a love scene and the scene in the sex club looks like the club he goes to in reverse which is the I, I just remember seeing it was like he smashes the head open it's so shocking this one he just walks out yeah. so what 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 does this mean are you revisiting actual memories and giving a more realistic view or, or is like, just, a, just I, I like tunnels and I like red on it, look, <laughs> it looks like the same tunnel though was it the actual no, 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 no. different location no, okay different location. Okay. Um, 
so Murphy, also the, oh. the truth is that the three movies were kind of conceived at the same time. The, uh, the, the idea of love, the idea uh, for Irreversible, and the final script of Enter the Void, they were conceived at the same time. I ended up doing them in the order they were done, but uh, maybe uh, yeah, you can see the same subjects appearing in the series. This one also has visual quotes or images from uh, Enter the Void, yeah. the circle, the glowing, yeah. spinning thing. looks a lot like the sort of the drug experiences. Yeah, yeah. Uh, are they, where, where do those uh, images came from? They're just amazing. Rocket taking off? Kubrick, what is it? <laughs> the, 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 that psychedelic image, actually it's just a real lamp. It's a real lamp that we film and, and the camera goes toward the lamp. But the the lamp was so trippy that when we saw it, it was trippy. Tell what we have to use it. It looks like a very complex uh, visual creation, uh, digital creation to reproduce the psychedelic feeling of of a, of a person. But no, no, it was just the camera getting close to a lamp. <laughs> So, this is a 3D movie. What if you added a fourth dimension, say, smell? What would this movie smell like? Uh, I, I don't have a very developed sense of smell, but for sure, uh, I don't think the main character would put perfume. Uh, uh, I would rather use uh, another dimension that would be humidity. It's raining all the time in the movie. If the, if you could make the the, the the theater humid, I would like it. That would be cool. Uh -huh. And finally, if Murphy, the character, went and saw this movie, but he wasn't in it, would he run out screaming, or would he like it? If, if Murphy, Murphy, the character, yeah. went and saw a movie that looked like this, yeah. would he be shocked by it, or would he love it? No, he would like it. He would like it? No, of course. Okay. <laughs> no, he's got good taste in the movie. Right on. He's conceived that all the movies he likes uh, and uh, are the, the movies that I like and my friends like. So he likes Pasolini Salo. He likes it. So no, he's, he's obsessed with like cold, daring movies from the past. Okay, sounds great. Thanks yeah. so much for speaking with me. I've been speaking with uh, director Gaspar Noé about his new 3D film called Love, premiering at Toronto International Film Festival. This is Daniel Garber, the movies each Friday morning on CIUT 89.5 FM and on my website, culturalmining.com. CIUT 89.5, Toronto. So we're talking about films that are on our radar that we think you, the audience, may be interested in. And Donna G, for yourself, what's on your radar at TIFF 2022? On my radar is a documentary called Casa Susanna, which examines the cross-dressing men and transgender yes. women of the 1950s and 60s. And I was first... Uh, uh, informed about Casa Susanna because the Art Gallery of Ontario had an exhibition of some of the photographs and the artifacts from that time. So I'm very excited to see what's going to be on screen. Casa Susanna. I'm also interested in seeing the film called 
I like movies because it's about a Canadian kid from a small town who's very interested in movies and nobody else around him is. And that's kind of like how I was in high school, you know, going down to the Carlton and all the rep cinemas to see the foreign films. And I would go by myself because nobody else wanted to read their movies. So I like movies is one on my to see list. And then another one called when morning comes, which um, is partially set in Jamaica, which is my birth country. And I'm very interested in seeing that. Any Nordic films for you this year, Donna G? Of course, I'll have my Nordic films. But this one might be in the way of composers. Um, there's a musician called Hauschka, or you might know him as uh, Volker. And uh, he is doing the score for a couple of films, um, All Quiet on the Western Front. Yes. And, oh, that's one I really want to see. Yes. From Germany. And um, War Sailor as well, which is out of Norway. So I'm hoping to have a chance to to talk to him and bring mm. that to the audience. So Donna G, you've got a, a a an interview that you wanted to share with us. Yes, and this one is uh, introduced me to a new term, not Western, but Southern. And this is uh, was a Midnight Madness film from 2021. It's called Salum. It's by Jean-Luc Herboulot, and it's something very, very special. I want to talk about your actors, starting with um, Jan Gael. We met in France. It's been a long time that we wanted to work together. And and I just promised to him that after Sacre and Mangan, we, I, would, I would find him something more personal that we can work on together because we really, we really had a great connection on the TV series. Uh, it happened. He, he accepted the role, which was not an uh, easy one. Uh, even for us to work on that, because you need, uh, with Shaka, you need somebody who looks like a leader, acts like a leader, uh, but the, we all know that leaders, when they lead too much and they talk too much, then they become way, way, way less leaders, <laughs> these bad leaders. So, so there was a balance to find. Uh, and in the same time, he's a victim of what you know in the movies. So we needed somebody that has the sensibility, but in the same time, that violence in the eye when, he, when he's ready to shoot somebody. Or in the same time, being that very calm lion or Yena, that can be very strategic. So Jan has all that. And after that, it was quite difficult for all the actors to understand where we where we, we were going with that movie because for my knowledge, there is nothing like Salum in Africa right now. And and I searched. So, so it was difficult for us to find the right balance between uh, our references and, and, and our non-references that were not existing because nobody did something like that before, uh, as we know. So talking about your references, let's um, start now, boy, by giving our listeners a bit of a background. We've introduced Shaka. There are two more, there are more characters to come, but uh, explain to the audience a little bit of what uh, Salum is about. Uh, so Salum is about three, three mercenaries, three legendary African mercenaries who are uh, employed to extract a, a Mexican drug dealer from Guinea-Bissau which is a country just right next to Senegal in West Africa. And Guinea-Bissau is known to be the capital of coup d'etat. 
in in Africa. And and when we start the movie, it's like the fifth coup d'état, which happened in 2003. And and we we follow those three guys extracting this guy in the and flying over uh, Senegalese uh, the Senegalese uh, air airspace. And something happened to their plane, and they and they have no choice than to to bring the plane to the Saloum region, which is like one of the mystical region, one of the most mystical regions that you can find in Senegal. And then, well, things will go south there for them. Yeah. And into this, we have the character of Rafa, played by Roger Sala. Yeah. Uh, did yeah. Roger come come on board after Jan? Yeah, he was in the he was in the he was in the TV series also, but he was in an episode yes. that, is, that I didn't direct. But as I as I was a showrunner on that show, I saw his uh, his tapes, and I was like, oh, I love the voice of this guy. He has a very interesting voice, and, and I had a strange idea with him, the physical idea that I want to do with him in Saloon. So I was like, I hope he's going to be agreeing in what I want to do with him, and I will keep the surprise for the people who didn't see the posters or or whatever mm-hmm. for the movie. He has a he has a, <laughs> a particular look, but but I said to Roger, man, I don't think we saw this kind of characters that much in Africa. So have fun, buddy. and he had fun. And there are a lot of uh, sadly there are a lot of sequences that didn't make it in the in the editing process of the movie because even the female character uh, she had more to 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 bring on the table in different versions, but then. It was just a game of, you know, we, we, we must have the most uh, uh, linear version and the most uh, efficient version of the movie. So that's where you have to make choices in the in the editing room. And that's where uh, some some background, some uh, some background stories has been sacrificed, you know, uh, sadly. But making a movie, it's all about that. Thank you for making the sacrifice, because I know it is a sacrifice for a filmmaker to not include everything they want. So I really appreciate that. The the third of the three mercenaries is uh, Minui, played by Mentor who is fascinating to look at and what an interesting character the first time i saw him on picture i was just blown away by his look uh and and he's a he's also a fashion model so so i saw him in different kind of weird uh clothes and i was like whoa i i thought he was he was in his 50s when i first saw him and then when i met him i think he's in his 70s and i was mm-hmm. like what and <laughs> Being the asshole that I was, I, I, and uh, and uh, and the director that I am, I was like, uh, man, I need somebody that that can run. Okay, so can you run? <laughs> and he looked at me, and he was like, of course I can run, man. And and I'm an actor, and blah blah blah. And, <laughs> and so I took my phones, and I was like, okay, run. And I I I was convinced that he was lying, and he starts running, and I was like, it, he's even more faster than me. You know, and that's when he he just got the part. I was like, man, you got the part. You know, you had the looks and and you have the, the you're fearless and and you have the physical presence to make it. And after that, uh, midnight is probably from the three heroes that we have probably the most uh, the the more uh, cliche one, if I can say it this way, because in this kind of movies you always have the one that is like you know the shaman guy. You know? So hmm. the he's the sorcerer and the shaman and the guy that is. Uh, making them all those kind of uh, potions and magical items and, and caring about their uh, uh, physical health and mental health and, and spiritual health also. And and the more the movie goes, the more you understand that there are some more deep connection between them. And, and, and somewhere is probably the big brother and somewhere the dad, you know, figure. Yes. Yes, he is. Um, um, yeah. uh, your female character, Awa, Evelyn Ilya Juhan, how does she yeah. pronounce it? 
Juan. Yeah. Juan. Okay. Yeah. Was unexpected. Uh, you know, this, this I didn't expect the sign language. And yeah. you mentioned a couple of times that people haven't haven't seen these films in Africa. Well, you know what? We don't see them in Canada either. Ah, <laughs> so, I love yeah. what you're saying. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Evelyn, it was uh, uh, the, the, the sign language came naturally because when you do a genre movie about, let's say, monsters or or a sickness or a zombie uh, outbreak or whatever, you always have that character that is the chosen one, you know, the, 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 so it was the sign language came as that ability to survive in the environment of the second act. Uh, and then it was about choosing who was the chosen one. I see a lot happening in your film and yeah. I definitely see the, the Western motif in there as uh, so I see your spaghetti Western, but <laughs> yeah. where did it come from to have this uh, spiritual element in there um, as well? I mean, I know the territory that you mentioned, Salum, uh, uh, the you know ancestral places of this, the spirits and and oh, everything yeah. is there. But how did you combine these genres into this film? Well, it's uh, it's 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 natural for me because the Senegal is is also such a mystical country in its in its beliefs. You know, like uh, most of the country is Muslim, but you also have uh, Christians. But all those people when they have deep problems or things that they can solve in the in the church or in the hospital, they go to their marabou, they go to their witcher, witch doctor. Uh, so that uh, culture that we lost in a bit in Central Africa, because in Central Africa, when you talk about uh, witch doctors, black magic, blah, 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 we completely uh, alienated or forgot the fact that it was our birth uh, if I can say that birth religion, it was our roots. We are born from that. Even our culture is born from that. So imagining a genre movie is happening in Africa for once, having African mercenaries for once, you know, black African mercenaries for once, because most of the time, if you notice, if you search for African mercenaries, you're going to see uh, French, Belgians, uh, probably South African, white, you know, most of them. Yes. And, and, but of fucking course you have, I'm sorry, I don't know if I can say fuck, <laughs> but of effing course you have, uh, you have black mercenaries and we never see them on screen. Never. And when you see them, they are villains with machetes, drugged to, very drugged and, and, you know, uh, torturing kids, soldier kids and all that. And I was like, that's, I don't want to see that cliche anymore. So, so I wanted to show all those different things, but showing those different things means also that you have to create a, a, a real background to it, a, a, to ground everything. And grounding all this in, in Senegal is also to talk about uh, what, what is, the, what is the, the basis of this culture, which is uh, uh, black magic and, and, and uh, spirituality, you know? And Africa is all about spirituality, but we just forget about it. Or we choose to forget about it. Mm -hmm. um, I love the slow build of the movie. Thank you so much for doing this film. And uh, congratulations on getting it into a festival. And also, I think this will go places beyond um, the festival um, arena because it is so different. It is fresh and new. And, uh, you know, as Black people like genre films, too. 
I mean, I'm Jamaican, but I grew up watching the Clint Eastwood movies and right. all the samurai movies and, you know, the people with the money forget that we like genre films, too. Yeah. And, 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 and today, the big thing is now we know now nobody can tell us that the black, uh, a, a black an entirely black cast movie can't work. You know, now we have the proof of that. So now that we have that, let's move to something to, to the next level, which is having fun with all this, you know, and. and, and yes, and, exactly. Uh, Africa is a is a is a big playground for this. So uh, it's just this movie is just an invitation for everybody to get inspired and more original about what we can do and 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 change the face of African cinema the way it needs to be changed it and 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 bring something new. You know? Exactly, and uh, the music. Yeah. In it, <laughs> love the music. <laughs> yeah, we had fun. We had fun. It was uh, about mixing westerns and. Uh, creating a creating creating a southern that's our new creation uh so you're not anymore in the western you're in the south the southern yeah southern so what how does the southern sounds like you know uh so it was a great 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 experience in music to to bring that pearl flute it's what we what we call pearl, pearl is a it's an ethnicity in uh, in uh, west africa Mm-hmm. Uh, that they are they are very wide in different countries and and they play that particular flute where you play flute and you yell in the same time so that's something that uh, that you I guess I never heard in a movie that we brought in and then you mix that with something that is a bit more Italian uh, to see how the sauce uh, <laughs> goes <laughs> the Ennio Morricone influence <laughs> exactly the Senegalese Ennio Morricone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the film looks also looks beautiful. The film Thank looks you. beautiful. Yeah. Any any challenges in in shooting? Um, oh, where you were? Donna! Every day, every hour, every minute, every second. Uh, we spent five weeks in the camp that you're seeing in the movie. That was our base camp, meaning that we were sleeping there. There was no uh, trailers outside with uh, whatever air conditioner or whatever. We were in the camp for five weeks. Uh, we, most of us lost like 20 kilos or 15 kilos. <laughs> we, uh, the next uh, village is exactly what he's saying in the movie. It's like one hour, 30 minutes ago. So when oh. you get something, <laughs> your soap or whatever, you're dead in the water. Uh, so, and no internet, no phones, no movies. So every time that people ask me about the references that I had in the movie and blah, 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 I was like, none. I didn't have any computer and phone. So what, what do you want me to look at? You know, I, was, <laughs> I was just bathing by night in the Saloum uh, uh, River, which, was, which is not recommended, by the way. Uh, so we were just like living like the people live in Saloum, you know, and, 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 and making a movie there. And, and for the audience to understand how, how difficult it is, just imagine your... Uh, big brother tv show that you all know on the tv it's mostly like 10 people you know in a villa so now imagine like 30 40 people in a camp like that and they're shooting for five weeks you know so with no all, air conditioning we're all, we're all, no air conditioning and and and, and managing 40 people in <laughs> in, okay. in a 100 meter or 50 meter square <laughs> you know with all the problems that a shooting like that can bring so it was a uh, quite an experience but man we had fun 
My interview with Jean-Luc Herbulot, the director, was a fantastic one. It's been my pleasure to watch this movie succeed in the festival circuit. And it's even my greatest pleasure now to know that it will be streaming on a platform and available to so many more people. My name is Charles Officer, and I'm the writer and director of Invisible Essence, The Little Prince on CIUT 89.5 FM. So again, we're talking about what's on our radar when it comes to films, when it comes to special events at TIFF 2022. And I know that, again, back for, I believe it's the fourth year, the TIFF Awards will be happening. And this year, for the first time, they're having uh, a performance award going to My Policeman, which is, and that film is about uh, basically a gay policeman who falls in love, but he marries a woman, and this is all set in 1950s England, and it stars Harry Styles. Go figure. And apparently, he's going to be in town. So, look out for that. And believe it or not, Daniel and, and Donna, believe it or not... At, I can't believe it. At, at this... You will, girl. You will. At this year's TIFF there will be uh, over 20 films that all have LGBT content to varying degrees. And I find that fascinating. Some of the films that I'm I'm looking forward to that hopefully I I can check out will be uh, My Policeman. There's also another one called Bros. There's another one called Pussy. Yes, Pussy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. On my list, too. And it's it's from... Uh, Toronto filmmaker uh, Joseph Amante, and I've had the pleasure of interviewing him before for his first uh, TIFF venture, which was a short called Flood. Such a well-done short, and it'll be interesting to see his feature-length debut with Pussy. That'll be interesting. And there are trans actors featured this year. There's uh, gay characters, all that sort of good stuff at TIFF 2022. And I will say this, when you go to TIFF.net, which is your friend, uh, go to the festival section and type in bros. This is the easiest way to find all the LGBTQ films at the festival. Type in bros. Keep it easy on yourself, bros. And then scroll down to the very bottom and you'll see tags for that film. And one of the tags will be 2SLGBTQ+. If you hit on that tag, it'll pull up all the LGBT films part of this festival, this year's festival. Well done, TIFF. Mark, you've got an interview that you want to share with us. Thanks, Donna G. Yes, I caught up with the newly minted CEO of TIFF, Cameron Bailey, and he talks all about the 47th annual Toronto International Film Festival and what to expect. Good evening, everyone. How are you? Good evening and welcome. It's the opening night. Tonight, we thank you. I am so humbled and so grateful to be here this evening. I'm extremely excited to be here. Thank you all for having me. Shit, there's a lot of y'all. Um, I'm very proud to be here tonight. 
Don't stop till you get enough. Hello, Toronto! Happy Halloween, Michael. Which of the sis? Toronto. The best of them all. I want to thank Toronto because you have always honored, celebrated, exalted female directors. The warmth and the love that you gave me is something I will never forget in my life. It's so exciting to be here at Toronto in this gorgeous theater. This is just like Christmas Day. Thanks to you for coming. This is truly a very special evening for me. This is why we do what we do, you know. I love this festival and it's an honor to be back. Behind me is what we call society, what we see in our everyday and what we have on screen. Let's keep on doing movies about us. We're making pictures about what's happening today in society. Thank you, thank you for coming. Cameron Bailey, hi, how are you? I'm very good, how are you doing? I am well. I am well. I'm better now that I am here with you to talk about the the 47th annual Toronto International Film Festival. Crazy. I know the last two years have been challenging a global pandemic. 2020, I believe the festival was all virtual. 2021, it was a hybrid. 2022, is the Toronto International Film Festival, is it back in person? It is a hundred percent back in person, Yay. and we couldn't be more excited. You know, I, I got to tell you, the last two years have been hard. They've been hard for everyone, no matter where you are in the world, what you've been doing. When you're trying to put on a festival where the goal is to gather a whole lot of people together indoors, uh, sitting right next to each other, that's the one thing you can't really do in a pandemic. So we found ways. You know, we. We had uh, hybrid models. We used um, digital technology to, to reach people across Canada. We did drive-ins. Uh, we had distance seating last year. And of course, everyone masked all of those things. But now we are in a different stage. Uh, so we can gather people in person, uh, full capacity houses. We're closing down uh, King Street to put on our own festival street um, in front of our main venues during the first four days of the festival. And we're looking forward to inviting the whole world that loves movies to join us. For yourself, what are you excited in regards to the films this year? What are you excited about to bring to the the TIFF audience? What films are you looking forward to for, for people to see? You know, even more than specific films, and I will get to a couple of those, but even more than specific films, I think it's the feeling that you get when you're watching a movie, not by yourself or with a small group of people, family, friends at home and on your couch, but when you're in a movie theater with hundreds of people and you're sharing those emotions. You're sharing the uh, the tears, the laughs, the excitement, the the tension, the suspense, and that all gets magnified. It gets it gets bigger when you're sharing it with a lot of other people. Those emotions we haven't had that for a long time. It's been hard to find those experiences. Summer uh, movies have helped a lot, but the the kind of rich emotional experiences that we get from the kind of films we show at the festival. We haven't really been able to do that in a movie theater together for a long time. 
So beginning with our opening film, The Swimmers, which is an incredibly powerful story uh, of two young sisters with a dream of being competitive swimmer swimmers, but they happen to be refugees. Uh, that movie's an incredibly powerful experience. The Steven Spielberg film that we're premiering, The Fablemans, another incredibly powerful experience. Uh, a movie like Sarah Pauli's Women Talking, uh, which adapts the Miriam Taves novel, also uh, a deep, rich, powerful, and challenging experience, I think, uh, for a lot of viewers. It deals with some very tough material, but does it in such a, an insightful, beautiful way. And those, you know, experiencing those movies together, I think is just going to be, um, you know, a much, much bigger and maybe longer lasting experience for, for people. Mm -hmm. Out of curiosity, how many films are part of, of this year's festival? We have about 200 feature films uh, and uh, about 50 short films in the festival. We also have lots of other events, uh, onstage conversations with people like Viola Davis, uh, Eddie Redmayne and others. Um, we have, uh, you know, music, uh, live music on our festival street uh, during the first four days of the festival. Lots of other events as well as the films on screen. Festival at Home. What is Festival at Home? Well, we didn't want to completely abandon what we had um, done in the last two years, which is develop a digital platform where you can take part in the Festival at Home as well. So we've brought that back in a, uh, a smaller scale way. So we've got about two dozen uh, feature films that will be available for home viewing across Canada through our digital Tiff Bell Lightbox. You can get all the information on our website uh, and you can take part in the festival, get a taste of it um, from the comfort of your own home. But I think the, the, the bigger uh, experience will be in cinemas this year. Mm -hmm. Especially if you can't get to Toronto, somebody living in Whitehorse exactly. can... Exactly. Anywhere across Canada. Yes. So... TIFF has various aspects to it, including the, I believe this year is the fourth annual TIFF Tribute Awards. Some past uh, recipients include Sir Anthony Hopkins, Jessica Chastain, uh, Kate Winslet. This year has the first uh, performance award going to the cast, I believe it's the cast of My Policeman, which Right. which stars Harry Styles. Inquiring minds want to know, will Harry Styles be in Toronto? Uh, we certainly expect him to be, yes. Uh, not only is he receiving a, a tribute award uh, for his performance in My Policeman, along with his uh, fellow cast members, uh, the six members of the ensemble cast who play the three main characters in the movie at different uh, periods of time, but we're also making the world premiere of My Policeman. And it's just a terrific performance from Harry and the rest of the cast. Uh, of course, he was just in Toronto performing. Uh, on stage, uh, playing his music, singing. Uh, this is a different Harry Styles. He's a, quite a serious actor, uh, very committed to the craft, and he does terrific work in My Policeman. And it's a very powerful story uh, set in the mid-1950s in England, where he plays a policeman who falls in love with a man, uh, but it is a time of great repression. And um, he feels compelled uh, to marry a woman instead, uh, but carries on uh, this relationship with a man that he truly loves. And uh, it makes for very, very powerful drama. And uh, the cast is terrific. 
And I take it you've seen that film. How how was it? Yes. How was Harry Styles' performance? He's great. You know, this is a man who can command, you know, 50,000 people in a stadium with his music, but cinema is a different art form. It's a much more intimate art form and it, it really works so well in close-ups and in, you know, scenes with just a few people and he does that very very well. Uh, it's a I think a you know a, a, a performance full of courage. This is, you know, a, a a music icon who's got a sort of image to protect, but it he really you don't see any of that. He's not trying to play, you know, a pop star Harry Styles in the movie. He really digs into the character that he's playing and it delivers, I thought, a very um, persuasive and emotional performance. 1976, the Festival of Festivals, the Toronto International Film Festival, TIFF. I believe you began as a programmer back in 1990, uh, Perspective, yes. Perspective Canada, I believe. That's right. 2022 marks your first year as CEO. So my last question for you, uh, Cameron Bailey, is is simply this. In 2022, what does TIFF mean to you? Hmm. TIFF is, it's a gathering place. It's a place where we can get together and share an art form that I love. I, I fell in love with movies as a college student and I'm still in love with movies. Um, and not just share the art form in terms of experiencing it, watching and listening to what movies give us, but sharing how we respond to films. Uh, one of the great things about films is that they open you up. You know, the, the screen is huge. It's bigger than us. Uh, we're in the dark, we're with other people and we're open, we're vulnerable in a way to whatever the, the movie is is unfolding for us. And I love that experience. I love that we can do it on such a grand scale every year where we have almost half a million people participate in the festival in one way or another and, and affect people, make them feel something, take them places they haven't been before through the stories they're watching on screen, and then walk away just a little bit transformed, thinking maybe about their own lives or about the world around them in a different way. I find that's incredibly powerful. I feel like it is a gift that I have to be able to be doing this work. And uh, that's what TIFF means Ooh, to me. Well said. Cameron Bailey, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I really appreciated the conversation. Thanks for your questions. Good evening, everyone. How are you? Good evening and welcome. It's the opening night. Tonight, we and just like that, this episode of CIUT at TIFF 2022 has come to an end. So, Donna G., how can people find out more about you and more about your show? Thanks, Mark. This is Donna G. from The More The Merrier. You can find me Sundays, 1 p.m. on CIUT.FM. My socials are at TMTM with Donna G. on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And Daniel Garber, for yourself, how can people find out more about you and your show? Thanks, Mark. You can hear my movie reviews and interviews on CIUT Critic Circle on Saturday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. on Twitter at Cultural Mining and on my website, culturalmining.com. And that leaves me. I'm Mark Tara, and you can find my little gay radio show, Rainbow Country, right here on CIUT, Tuesdays, 11 p.m. Thanks to you for coming. This is truly a very special evening for me. This is why we do what we do, you know. 
I love this festival and it's an honor to be back. Behind me is what we call society, what we see in our everyday and what we have on screen. Let's keep on doing movies about us. We're making pictures about what's happening today in society. Thank you, thank you for coming. By the way, make sure you keep it tuned right here to CIUT Thursdays, 2 p.m. in September. That's where you'll hear exclusive coverage of the 47th Toronto International Film Festival. Now, taking us out, how about some Buffy St. Marie? Hold your head up, lift the top of your mind, put your eyes on the earth, lift your heart to your own home planet. What do you see? What is your attitude? Are you here to improve or damage? The daughter.